show about spiritual lifestyle and personal evolution. I'm an evolutionary astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. Sharing a live from earlier today on Instagram, I was speaking of the weaving paths of astrology and embodiment. It's Taurus season, and this is up for me in the most exciting way in that my best friend and embodiment guide, Carla Palomino, and I are putting on a collaboration together this summer in Crete, Greece, that we are inviting you to. It is a Dionysian mythopoetic ritual experience. We will be exploring peak experience and ecstasy through the body. And in this live, that I'm sharing now here, I was speaking about, you know, I've been on an astrological path longer than I've been on the kind of embodiment path that I am on now, but there was always a seed of it within astrology and that astrology for me was part of, you know, answering the question of like, how can I live my best life? And so it would give me these bird's eye perspectives that would invite me to jump into life in a deeper way. And I think that descent has only continued in terms of entering my body and inhabiting my body in a deeper way. It's something that I deeply encourage when it comes to astrology. Um, we, we animate and enhance, if you will, our potentials in this life by having expansions in consciousness right like changing our subconscious beliefs having better imagination opening to possibility and we can also change our lives through shifting the habitual karma that we're storing in our bodies this has been a deeper descent and excitement that's been in my life the last few years and so i'm really excited to be collaborating with my best friend creating an experience that I know will be epic and life-changing and so juicy and magical in pretty much my favorite place in the world, in Greece. So you can check the notes for a link to Ecstasies, our retreat, um, our ritual immersion, and that link will also link you to an application. And I will leave you to our live or my live, um, Carla and I will go live together soon again and listen at the end too for a beautiful written word from Carla about peak experience. Hello, welcome. I'm going to be talking about the interconnection between astrology and embodiment both from a philosophical, mystical level and also how I've experienced it because it's embodiment after all, so dropping it in um, is the point. I am a kind of person who started more with like the vision, more with the upper chakras. And 
coming into the body and bringing those things down into realization has been a lot of the path for me. And within the, you know, I'll just introduce maybe to get us started. Actually, I want to share a story. Um, And then I'll get into evolutionary astrology and the tradition of it. But the story is that just as I had begun practicing evolutionary astrology and I was in this space, this really fertile, magical space in my life where I wasn't yet um, a practicing astrologer in the way that I wanted to be in the sense of like having it be my full time job. I was living in Olympia, Washington and um, trying to make the dream happen. And one of the ways that I decided to make the dream happen was to live every day as though I was a professional astrologer, whether or not I was getting paid. So I made an Excel spreadsheet. That was my idea of how to do this at the time and actually like came up with different categories of like working hours and was like, let me just see if I can embody being a full-time astrologer. And I'll do that through doing research and doing a lot of trades. There was a really um, amazing kind of like barter trade network. And so I was able to give a lot of astrology readings for other psychic readings or massage body work or vegetables from farms. And um, I look back on that time with like a lot of um, fondness. But I had a friend that um, was interested in learning more astrology from me And so we just kind of, in a casual way, were trading knowledge with each other where I would talk about astrology and she took me out to the woods and helped me learn how to like harvest, like which plants were edible. So here I was regularly in my life communing with Pluto, all right, all the way out to the edge of our solar system. I was having a direct relationship with Pluto. And as this friend is showing me plants that I can eat in the forest, I was feeling enchanted by earth. And it kind of struck me of like, here's this pattern again, where these psychics that I go to keep telling me that I, you know, am not grounded. (laughs) I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, they're like, you're so open in your third eye and your crown, but like, we need to get you in your root. And I'm like, I don't get it, right? So I'm getting that feedback. I'm talking to Pluto on the daily, and this friend is showing me the earth. And there was this one particular root that she gave me to chew on. I think it was like a licorice kind of thing. And that night, after chewing on this piece of like forest licorice, whatever that was, um, I was visited by it in my dreams. It was just that little piece of root that I chewed on in this like full on like shining watercolor, like numinous auric field, nebulous space. And I was in love. And I had this feeling of, um, you know, we also dug up dandelions and I put these dandelions in the oven to like dry them out, like the root, and was like turning it into a, like trying, you know, I don't know, didn't know anything about herbalism. I was trying to turn it into like a powder with like a mortar and pestle, just like really going at it with my full effort. Um, But I had this vision from those forest walks with this friend 
that the earth was full of riches, that these mystical experiences that I was having with planets at the far edge of the galaxy, you know, there was also a mysticism of the earth right beneath my feet. And um, that was kind of when I first potently realized that. So that's the story I wanted to share to introduce us. But now I'll take it to evolutionary astrology and some of the teachings. This is the um, main lineage of astrology that I'm informed by. But evolutionary astrology works with this idea that we come from source, um, that our soul individuates from source to experience itself as a separate being and goes through all of these different lifetimes to fully exhaust separating desire um, until the only desire remaining is to return to source. And this particular teaching also really works to spiritualize our embodied life experiences because they are a route home. You know, like I don't, I don't practice a spirituality that's like ascetic or about negating the desires of the body or about, you know, just like non-attachment. Like those things can be really helpful to tap into like non-attachment um, as a kind of like medicine to counteract attachment, but it's not my path, right? Like I, I feel this path of intimacy, of bonding with this temporary life, with this temporary body, right? So the soul learns and grows through these temporary experiences of merging with ephemera, you know, with this life, with the things that we desire, with the things that we create, with the relationships that we have, which are bound to end in, um, you know, a return to source, like we, um, we will die or our relationships will end or someone will die. Like there is this sense of, um, even though it doesn't last, like there is a, a journey that happens through the bonding with it. Um, there is a way that the soul is magnetized to a particular set of circumstances, you know, a particular, um, you know, family, um, a particular um, timeline in history or genetic makeup or what have you. So the soul is like attracted itself. It is a more infinite type of being, but it's attracted to this temporary body. So the soul is already taking that kind of like, it's out there, um, you know, you can envision it like picking which wave to surf, like that's the wave that I want for this lifetime and going into it. And then in this life, we fractal that pattern by having particular desires and being like, I wanna catch that wave, right? And we initiate ourselves and descend and descend. Like part of the working with soul as a spiritual path is that the soul is complex. It has this um, root system or these psychological complexes, if you will. And the soul likes to get sticky and messy and involved with that. So to bring it back to like, okay, practicing astrology on a daily basis or having a relationship with astrology, astrology connects us to the very far beyond. Um, it connects us to a type of psychic sight, right? Like when you can see the patterns of planetary transits, you can anticipate events. You can 
see the kind of narrative arc or the mythic arc of what's happening in your own life or other people's lives. And so it gives you a kind of wisdom, right? Maybe even the capacity to concretely or loosely predict something, right? Or to look at a natal chart and see like, you know, what is it point, what adventure, what initiations, what is it pointing to? And then the actual act of living out those potentials is embodiment. And so I started out my relationship to astrology seeing my chart as like a, you know, I began looking at my chart um, and getting to know it from like the age of 12 or so, you know, but by the time that I really knew how to read my chart, I would say I was around, you know, it was dawning on me, like the deeper, deeper layers of it when I was 21, 22. And at that age, I'm still building my career, I'm still building my life. And so a lot of my my strategy in life was informed off of my intellectual understanding of my natal chart, right? Like Saturn in Aquarius was like a major guiding light for me. I spent years devoting myself to creating online infrastructure, right? That was just combining like what Saturn, structure, Aquarius is the internet. And there were all these different ways that my chart pointed me to, you know, my Venus and Pisces is learning something from that Saturn and Aquarius. Like if I, um, you know, really build a place for myself in the world, I'm going to meet people that I, I want to connect with even more, right? So I had these different ways of understanding my chart, the cause and effect in it, the landscape of it, and it informed actions that I was taking in my life. So we could call that a form of embodiment. It's a form of enacting the messages of the chart. In um, 2020, I really began to get into this, you know, if we go back to that story at the beginning, if you were here for it, about going to the woods and having this mystical experience with Earth. Starting in 2020, I began... Um, or maybe it was like 2019, like getting deeper into embodiment work. Um, it found me through my friend, Carla Palomino. We're doing a retreat together, a ritual experience together in Crete, Greece this summer. And I was really like intrigued by her. Like we, um, we found each other on Instagram and there was just like an energy about her that you know, I wanted to get to know her. And I was delighted to find out that we both like were kind of mutually like crushing on each other's Instagrams. And the world that I got introduced to through Carla was about connecting to the flesh, right? Connecting to the inherent um, wisdom of the body. So similar to that day exploring like this licorice root that I could chew in the forest or the dandelion roots and being like, oh, there's, there's treasures inside of the earth. I began this deeper excavation of what was happening in my body, right? Like my, my karma that I had been exploring through my relations, my way of moving through the world. Suddenly it was landing deeper in like, this karma lives in my flesh. It lives in my bones, right? Like um, one of the, the things that I, I worked with, um, I still work with it. You know, my chart, I go on these different journeys of, of being with it. But the first 
you know, kind of prophecy. Like, I love, you know, the adventure of having prophecies. Um, that gets me excited. Maybe it's a ninth house Pluto thing. But I have Venus and Pisces, 29 degrees, square my nodes and early Cancer Capricorn. And as I understood that at the beginning of my deeper astrology journey, it was like there's some kind of karmic impasse with the Venusian. It's Venus Mercury too, by the way. So that's about um, kind of like flow and communication and lyricism and also like really love and connection with Venus and communicating with love, in love, in relationship. And my understanding was that you know, I'd had some kind of like real challenge. I think a lot of us have deep challenges in love. Um, but there was something about it being square the nodes where it was like, why isn't it more of a feature of my everyday life? Like there was something when planets square the nodes in evolutionary astrology, there's a back and forth pattern. And so with the Cancer Capricorn axis, what that meant for me was that I had something between um, kind of being more emotionally raw, maybe more, um, more dependent, more, um, more seeking emotional intimacy. Not that that's always dependency, but it really can be with cancer versus like the Capricorn side, which is going to be more about, um, kind of like withholding and restraint and responsibility and being poised, right. Or like being someone that can like get things done and be responsible in the world. And so I have this crisis inside of myself of um, having this kind of like very intense inner emotional life that I also knew how to control really well. Because my feeling was that when I expressed myself, um, it always seemed kind of destructive. Like it was almost just like these words or these feelings they're so instinctual they feel so primal i don't really understand them yet i may as well cover them up by being um you know kind of hiding how i'm feeling and just kind of doing what i think is the right thing and then the pressure builds up and i have all these unsaid things and it comes out in a kind of um sideways or kind of explosive way it took the form you know it took different forms in my life and I really worked on, okay, well, what if I, um, what if I process my emotions more intentionally? Like I actually give time and space, Capricorn, to my cancer emotional life. And I process my emotions in real time as best as I can. I avoid compartmentalizing them. Um, I try to notice when I'm doing that. And I make a point to speak up and speak my heart in the moment. Right? Like that was one way I sought to work with that pattern. When I came into it, like through embodiment work, um, there was this other layer of that particular dynamic I'd been seeking and strategically working out with my intellect, with my life choices, with my discipline, you know, with my willingness to like make a plan and stick with it, which is something that I have a lot of capacity for. Um, like that level of like planning, discipline, follow through comes pretty naturally to me. Um, when it came to embodiment and feeling it in that space, it was actually going deeper into this layer of 
my controller, right? The side of me that's controlling and rigid and afraid, right? And has this kind of fear that if I don't stay in control, then, you know, the chaos. And so there was this process of of softening that. And I went through, um, I think something that was like really transformative and significant within that for me was that when I used to experience like, you know, grief, there would be times of like, maybe for months and months, like not shedding like a single tear, not being a crier, right? And then when I finally did cry, it feeling like I was like convulsing and like ugly crying and just like shaking. And I was like, well, there's that pattern again of like raw, intense emotion and control. And I would like to just be able to cry in real time, right? So I spent some time actually like courting my own capacity to emote and went through the layers of like being confronted by kind of the sudden convulsing kind of ugly cry kind of energy and like also having to soften my my judgment about that or like oh no like I'm crying in embodiment class like what do I think that means about me you know and um getting to this place where it became easeful to express emotions or to feel grief and what used to feel like this kind of like convulsion that was coming like a volcano after much you know silence and repression now it's like it comes up in real time a lot of the time and it's this smooth beautiful river that feels cleansing and it feels like it's just flowing and it feels like a spiritual experience um and to yeah bring it back to that day of finding the magic or the treasure of these plants that I could directly eat from the forest it was like isn't this incredible that my karmic patterns that I have learned how to map and have the upper chakra third eye crown vision of right and have the wherewithal to kind of like you know like invite certain life experiences of like oh this would be a good time to do this or like because my chart says this like I should lean into this right like and I was able to have that kind of oversight that bird's eye view wasn't it amazing to actually just find it in my body too or to find that I could just go straight to my body without the map too even though I love the map that I could have a sensation in my body and decide to uh, play with it, to express it, to give it movement, and to have a whole kind of psychedelic journey without having taken anything, to feel that in my body and then to see, you know, even after the fact or during like, oh, that's that part of my chart, my natal chart that I've been working with. And here it is, right? This is something about systems of wisdom and truth is that you can find the same message in so many different places right like you can get you can see it on your palm if you know palmistry you can see it in your natal chart you can see it in the patterns of your body and sensations it's it's about knowing how to read it i would also say that you know, as astrology kept leading me into the descent 
of saying yes to my life or trying to find the wave, right? Of like this action or this direction, this thing that excites me. Like evolutionary astrology gave me a lot of permission to listen to my desire and to like be curious about my desire and to see it as an evolutionary path, right? So I would be like, what, this is the wave. Like, let me have this experience or this is this powerful sensation in my body like let me ride this wave and go deeper and deeper into my experience deeper into my soul deeper into my body losing my train of thought there was somewhere I wanted to go with that oh that this information that I've picked up from embodied experiences has also started to create a direct knowing that then my astrological or my cerebral consciousness is seeking and has sought and has found language for, right? To then add it to the map so that just as I'm, you know, able to get, you know, channeled insight from like Pluto or the outer planets, like the body, the earth, our earth has messages too. And one thing that I found that it really improved or supported with my astrology practice was shifting my attachment to the stories that I have about myself. And what I mean by that is that with astrology, one of my values practicing astrology all along had been that we can expand our imagination Right? So a particular nail placement, maybe we read some Google article on it that made it sound really scary or bad, right? And people, people attach onto that. They're like, oh no, because I have this placement, it means this. And they really like grab and like collapse onto a particular delineation. And that doesn't serve. That just colludes with an internal sense of disempowerment or an internal sense of like, this is the end of the road. Like, this is my problem. It's always going to be this way. So I always believed in being more imaginative and being more visionary with our concepts, like with our understanding of the archetypes. And I feel a similar thing has occurred in my relationship with embodiment in the sense of having a particular sensation doesn't necessarily mean something, right? Like it can move. So, um, I had like a really powerful experience, like a, a whole kind of like soulful, somatic journey last year that as I was um, about to embark on a really long travel, it was like, you know, 40 plus days, I randomly sprained my ankle in a way that didn't even, you know, I was just walking and I like kind of tripped a little bit and I kept walking and it was fine. But the next day, in the middle of the day, I suddenly couldn't walk without it really hurting. And I found this out as I was like in a, you know, out out at an appointment, walking through a parade I didn't even know was going to happen and like limping. And Psychologically, I was extremely distressed at this experience of like, why is my ankle, like, why can I hardly walk just like a week before I'm going to embark on this huge trip to Europe? Like, I don't want my Europe trip being compromised. 
and I spent the um, I spent the first part of that week believing it as like I guess my ankle sprained and like I did all this research and like learned these stretches and was like massaging it and was like trying to like rehab it myself in a way as though it was like purely a physical thing you know just like this is the sensation I must have an ankle sprain um but at the final hour the night before my plane ride and still not feeling better right I had actually to speak of upper chakra and like things coming down after that like I did an I Ching like reading um about how distressed I was that I could hardly walk before this big trip and the I Ching literally tells me like you know this really like gave me a lot of like faith in that moment it was like you are about to embark on a journey and you feel weakened you're not sure if you'll be able to make it but you'll be victorious literally tells me that it was like such a very specific message so the final hour you know i'm like packing hobbling around my apartment um starting to get really irritated my body is starting to really heat up because i'm like grabbing things from different parts of my apartment and um it hurts you know and i'm just like starting to get mad like starting to like really be frustrated and i start to um be like you know fuck it i'm done rehabbing this as though it's like a physical thing i'm gonna go full-on like shamanic like this is this is a journey like we're gonna journey with it and so i spent like a few hours or something like that i was doing eft about um the intense distress i was in feeling like you know the drama of it was that i felt like a skeleton incinerating into ashes every time i took a step and i was feeling into my you know what if this is some level of like resistance showing up in my body that i'm about to have like a really transformative trip and there's this part of me that doesn't want to change or have that transformation and manifested this little injury to keep me from it so i started to get visions of that part of me and i started to like move and do intuitive movement and had these um visions inside of my spine that didn't make any sense like i saw like different animals and different scenes and like gave them life and let them express and let them move which is honestly not a skill set that i would have had um some you know years prior um i maybe would have been trying to just like heal it with my mind or something like that but i was just going for it in the movement practice of it really being with it confronting it and when i woke up the next morning i was almost all the way better um I was able to walk short distances. Still, I got like wheelchaired to my gate, took public transportation in New York, um, and then was able to walk normally within some days. And that experience was interesting also in the sense that I think that also coming into relationship with embodiment is also saying yes to ha- like being able to have more sensation in the body and being able to go on journeys at that level. Um, and so it's not just things like that, which is like 
you know, sounds kind of unpleasant, maybe a little bit epic to have some kind of like shamanic healing journey like that. But there's also types of pleasure or ecstasy or just the feeling of being like expanded from the inside or feeling alive that come from cultivating and gardening a relationship with the body and to connect it back with astrology too it's like we look at our you know people come to astrology and they're like they want to find um love right or they want to um be wealthier like have more of a connection like a, a stability in their lives and astrology um I feel so like devoted to it in like a lifelong way and that like the the insight the subtle acupuncture of like astrological insights that come the gift it is to be able to see and have the the overview in that way is really profound and it's still pointing us to an adventure in life that must be lived and many of those adventures take place inside of the body right if we're thinking about our search for love, our search for the erotic, um, our search for material stability, our search for that, you know, internal relationship that we have to our environment and to our, our, our labor that is part of our, you know, even if we do labor that's like mental, um, it's still like our vessel, our vehicle acting out that labor. So that process of it being part of the kind of like, um, economic marketplace and whatnot like those are all kind of like earthy grounded rooted things and the now kind of dynamic conversation that I get to have and keep being awakened to in between the kind of like Aquarian like sight and bird's eye view with astrology and then the like the the subtlety the nuance or like the deep bodied sensations that I have and like the way that they're in conversation has become like this particular ecstasy of rooting into the earth and sprouting like up into the cosmos right or like being able to also like receive from the cosmos not just to my mind but down into the heart and into my pussy and into the earth through my root right like there is a a fullness um and it's still this ongoing mystery to me because as those two kind of directions expand they create new mapping points that the other part wants to understand right like and so it keeps me on my toes in terms of my capacity as a writer and a transmitter and as a communicator um, it's also created um, this shift where you know when I first started um giving astrology readings, I would feel little embodied sensations like some buzzing in certain parts of my like third eye or like my ear. Um, it's, it's filled out a lot. There's a lot of different like body sensations that come to me when I'm in a kind of channeling space or in a reading space. And it's fucking magical. Um, it, it's something that I feel really in awe of. And part of why, you know, what inspired me to come share this today is that I am currently in collaboration with Carla. We're putting on a retreat together um, that is an embodiment retreat with astrology, with myth. We're bringing our specialties together to create 
like a living storybook of immersion into peak experience through Dionysus, Semele, Ariadne. These myths that not only have been part of my astrology practice in terms of how I use minor asteroids and I'm able to see very specific things in charts as I combine these different techniques and um, batteries low, <laughs> combine different techniques, add these asteroids. Um, but these are stories that are living in the body too. It's about the awakening to greater life moving through us, right? Like one of my prayers last year, it came to, it was just the word, you know, it didn't think this too much through, but I wanted a bigger life. I felt like I was at this like really comfortable kind of plateau, but I wanted like a lot more like excitement and adventure. And I definitely got it. <laughs> I had like, you know, that original, that intense kind of confrontation, like the body, my body, my soul was like, you want big transformation? Okay, here's something to burn off at the beginning of the journey. So I had that. But then I also opened to some of the deepest feelings of happiness and aliveness that I'd known yet in my life. And the journey of getting there was a lot of, um, you know, it's one thing to want to be ecstatic, it's another thing to find one's way there when there's particular um, I hope you all can still see me I'm freezing up a bit here um, it's another thing to face the structural blocks that we have to the life that we want to live that's been my work for years both at the level of you know, I think I might, um, this live is getting a little bit glitchy, so I'm going to wrap this up. Um, and I'm also recording it for the podcast, so I have the audio. But I've had an intellect and a spiritual practice that has helped me navigate this kind of, how do I get to my dream life? And then it led me to, you know, I could figure that out part out in a lot of ways. Like I could have the vision but then it was like, how do I move through the stuck, habitual, or defensive layers of my body so that I can bring my body on board for this adventure that I'm seeking at a visionary level? So this combination of vision and then descent into the body is what's really been exciting me for the last few years and has been part of um, some of these myths really finding me um, awakening parts of me and so I'm really excited to be co-creating a journey with Carla to invite others into this immersion into peak experience which is about that peak about that level of ecstasy and finding finding the ways to open and receive that so this is happening this summer the summer solstice june 21st to 25th in crete greece you can dm me a grape here on instagram sabrina monarch um, to apply or um, if you're listening to this on the podcast i'm including a link to the ecstasies page um, where you can apply there
So thank you for listening and being here with me. And I would love to hear your thoughts. Um, I'm ending the live now because of the glitchiness. But do leave a comment and I'll reply. Um, I would love to hear from you. Thank you, everyone. Peak experiences. We are taught to fear them, demonize them, and throw them out of what's good and healthy for us. Yet they're as ancient as before Christ. Their memory lives in our blood as our ancestors danced into trance, connecting to the divine through their flesh. They are deemed unsafe and frankly, for some good reasons. We took ecstasy in high school or got blackout drunk on the weekends in our early 20s on the search for spirit. Then some of us traded the club and booze for yoga and transformational festivals taking ourselves to the edge of the edge in search for the divine. Until came a point where we traded the search for the sturdiness of a routine, finding comfort in the habitual and logical, finding safety in the intellect, putting away the beast within that might have taken us to the edge without an anchor, without a clunk to return to. Yet that fire of the beast still lives within that might disrupt our routines and ideas of ourselves, that might bring us to an aliveness so raw and primordial, our mind crumbles at the seams taken by the wild sensations pulsing in our bodies. That spark of ecstasies pays a visit and swells and dances within us when we light a candle and let our hips take the lead, letting the beast slowly slither coming out to play. When we make love to ourselves or another in the heat of our hunger, when we follow the thread of a vision that says, go there with no logic to back it, where might the beast within guide us? We don't know. It's a reckoning with the mystery, but most of all, our own desire to experience life, our own willingness to jump into the abyss of the untamable places and live what might stay dusty on a bookshelf. Never opening the pages within to explore where the jump might land us if we are always in control. Peak experiences are dangerous indeed. Dangerous to the mind that wants to know it all. Peak experiences can take us closer to the wild of our soul or farther from the true wild. It all comes back to what's the anchor.